why I do the work I do. I have, you know, found the other side of where I was and it's, it's, it's pure joy. I mean, I just like to think I, I, there was a time in my life where I don't know that I would have ever acknowledged um, that I could be this happy. Welcome. I did think you were going to say hello, but I started. Welcome back to Convos with my mom. I'm Charlotte, and I'm here with my mom. Hello. Today's episode um, is a good one. It's exciting. Um, I'm really nervous. My heart literally just started, like, racing. Because today we're having a conversation on emotional wellness. Yeah. And this conversation today will really more focus on Charlotte because of the journey. Mm -hmm. Is that an okay word to use? Yeah. That she's currently on. You know, we often say that like talking is what we do and that's how this whole thing started was us just talking. I'm not kidding when I say we just talk. All the time. Ad nauseum, just talk. (laughs) Um, But I wouldn't say that we talk because of me. You know, while I would love to take credit for all of that, um, I feel like in adulthood, this talking really stems so much more from you initiating those conversations. And maybe it's started from like the questions you were asking Yeah. that really kind of leapt us into, I don't even, that didn't even sound like that was proper English That's right okay. there. <laughs> um, you know, that brought us to that point. Like I get a ton of compliments. Since we started this podcast, I get a ton of compliments about how well-spoken you are. Um, again, while I would love to take credit for that, um, it's all her. It it literally is all her. I mean, other than, um, like there is a lot of, but there was a big part of your education that, you know, gave you certain skills Mm -hmm. in talking. So I can take credit for some of that. Yeah, you did pay for that education. I'm just looking to get some, uh, (laughs) some credit in here somewhere. Um, but otherwise, like I definitely, it, it stems from the work you do on yourself. It it is my firm belief. Um, and we don't shy away from it. Like Mm -hmm. I know that these things are important. Um, I don't do a lot of that, that work. But I do a lot of reflection because of the work that you do. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, like that's where that's where we're at. I was realizing that recently I tell people just push your mic out a little bit. Uh, I tell people a lot, like when they compliment you, I say it's because she works so hard on her mental health. And then I got to thinking the other day, like, oh, I should probably have that conversation with you. Is it okay if I throw that information out? Because I very easily throw that information yeah. out because I've never heard you shy away from talking about yeah, your absolutely. mental health. So that's something that I think, you know, that, that it's important, that it was important for me to maybe after the fact, me. go ahead and check in. Yeah. It was one of those like, you know, ask forgiveness, not permission right. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's been a journey for you. And I think that it's, it's super important and I think that it's a lovely conversation that we get to have to you know put it out there and the you know to find out what you do and how you do it mm-hmm. and how it impacts all of us really yeah because at, at the end of the day it really does yeah I mean you're right in like in the way of 
I think it stemmed our like sort of the open dialogue we started to have stemmed from me asking questions. Like I remember the first couple questions that felt really scary to ask you as an adult that I was like, oh, okay, I'm asking my mom this knowing that I may get an answer that is hard for me to hear or, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause that's another big part of it is like, yeah, not only am I coming to you and having hard conversations, I also have to be ready for your reply, which is absolutely can be anything, you know, like I, there are times where I think I know what you're going to say and it's just so not it, you know, we're still always learning about each other. The reality is, you know, you had, not only did you have 24 years of life before I came along, but you also had, you know, more than that before my consciousness of you as a human separate from being just a mom, you know what I mean? Like you had like, yeah, you were raising a child, but you had a full, like, you know, adult life as a young person you just also kind of had a child too so it's it is it's nice to have that dialogue and and the credit that does go to you is definitely in like your openness to it I mean if you weren't open we wouldn't get anywhere you know um I could come to you with whatever I want but if you were unwilling to kind of talk to me about anything then Uh, this podcast wouldn't be a thing, you know? Right. I don't think there was anything. I mean, obviously when you were growing up, we talked a ton. Like we would have, we had a lot, I feel like we had a lot of car time because we Mm, lived away from people and you were, um, I'll be honest, we're never not talking. Same. I mean, still still works that way. There was rarely a time that you weren't talking. Um, So we would talk about everything Mm -hmm. and you would ask questions, but I feel like you never really like, broached any subjects that were like even remotely taboo taboo (laughs) or that you didn't know if you would want the answer to like you stayed away from those you were a very safe child Mm -hmm. so like you know we previously talked about like the whole like sex conversation like I knew that I was going to have to like you know trap you in a car and have that conversation because otherwise you would have chosen to not have those conversations yeah those were it, it was easier don't get me wrong same I don't you know but I knew that because of what had happened at school yeah I was like oh no I have to have the conversation yeah when Um, I was starting I had that you know I had that babysitter mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. um and she was kind of telling she would tell I learned a lot from her sure um which you know it makes sense it's scary to think like I'm gonna have kids and if they have a teenage babysitter I'm gonna be like please don't talk to my kids about (laughs) blowjobs like (laughs) you know so Right. That was that was also yeah. You're right. That was a conversation that was obviously needed to be had. But. Right. So I mean, we've always talked. I just mm-hmm. feel like as we've, you know, approached adulthood, we've had a different like. Well, there's been an evolution to our conversations. Yeah. Well, and so something that is really special to me is like, when you it was well it was it was just last night that you were like, do you care that I tell people <laughs> that you work on yourself? And um, no, I I don't mind at all. Um, what I love about it is one, like kind of the pride that you have for it, like mm-hmm. kind of the credit that you give to me feels really special, like an, an added bonus of sweetness. I'm going to talk about like the ways in which like my work fulfills me and I am so grateful for that. But like you recognizing it feels really special to me um, and it, and you recognizing my emotional evolution is really special to me because as we'll talk about it has been an evolution it absolutely has been an evolution. and I think the more that I understand and the more that I talk to you then the more you understand you know because yeah. then uh, we'll, we'll get into it but like you you know do you feel like you understand me emotionally 
like in a new way now that I've been able yes. to like talk to you about it in a, in a new way. Yes. That's really cool. Because when you were growing up, I had to like navigate and try and figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, like direct questions weren't going to necessarily get a direct response. Mm-hmm. So we had to, you know, kind of had to maybe manipulate and maneuver in ways that we don't have to now. Like they're, it's all very, very straightforward. It is. And I think a part of it is for us, I, I mean, I speak for myself, but I think for you as well, like it, it was, it's important to, and for lack of a better word, destigmatize, mm-hmm. you know, like the work that's put into mental health. Yeah. Because it, like we, I feel like it's kind of a buzzword, you know, the whole mental health, like our buzz wellness, topic, yeah. wellness, all of that. Um, but it is work and it's yeah. not smooth for everybody. So you have to do what you have to do for yourself. Right. And, and it, yeah. I, I find, like, I feel like, sorry to cut you off. Like eventually that's what I realized like, that's mm. the work that, you know, you're going to find what's right for you. Yeah. When you said something to, you were relaying a conversation that you had with somebody the other day where you were like, this is, this is like a 24 seven job for her. Like she's always doing this, which is true. And it's kind of why I wanted to like lay out how I got here because it wasn't always, um, I think it can be really hard to sustain some of these practices and and the other part of it is that it's a lot mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it and not everybody has the capacity and also not everybody wants to or cares right. and I'm on my own journey with like navigating yeah that too like you know the fact that not everybody does want to know how they're feeling or why they're feeling what they're feeling and like that's okay too because everybody has to keep themselves safe in whatever way they like everybody develops their own boundaries with themselves Absolutely. and for me like my boundaries include understanding why things are happening and why I'm responding the way I'm responding because that's how I can um like deepen my connections and my relationships with other people in addition to um finding more joy in my life which I think ultimately is like why I do the work I do I have you know found the other side of where I was and it's 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 pure joy I mean I just like to think I I, there was a time in my life where I don't know that I would have ever acknowledged um that I could be this happy so so regularly and that's really crazy so I love that I love that for you because I'll be honest I'm I'm not one that gets caught up in the hows and whys yeah like I'm a lot of time I'm like I I don't care about that. Yeah. So I, you know, for me, it has been, you know, enlightening to watch you. Um, there are things that I've taken away from it. Mm-hmm. There's also things that I realize that I still like don't concern myself with. And I'm not, you know, like some things I'm just not going to go there. Like that's not, you know, yeah. not through 53 years of, you know. Not acknowledging it. Not acknowledging <laughs> If you don't acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. Um, and I think that I've certainly evolved from that. Yeah. Um, but there's still parts that, like, that's easier for me. So it's like I've just never been one to get caught up in the, you know, how or why. And, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll probably continue down my road. But I have opened up, like, little avenues where I'm mm-hmm. willing to, you know. And I always say, like, self-awareness is the first step, right? Like, being aware like just the fact that you're aware that there are channels that you're closed off to I think is a great place to be right there's like the um the whole the comp the level of competencies where it's like 
you're consciously competent or consciously incompetent, unconsciously competent or consciously incompetent. There are four of them and they all are whatever interchangeable. But like knowing what you don't know, I think is a great place to be. Yeah, knowing that you don't know something, I think is a great place to be versus not knowing that you don't know. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get started. Yeah, so we wanted... Let's go to the beginning. Let's go to the very beginning. Um, You came out crying. I was just going to say, you birthed an emotional child. I did. Um, Will you... I mean, will you speak a little bit to that? Because, like, I don't remember being emotional. My... where Where I remember becoming emotional is when I remember people telling me that I was emotional from and it the, was a bad thing right like it was a bad thing right from the time you were little you were an empath and it was very obvious and I want to take a quick moment to pause so I don't you I don't know if you know this um empath is like a, a buzzy word I would say yeah. or it, it really gained popularity um and oftentimes the people who are like, I'm an empath, there's like a, there's like now a new kind of like embarrassing stigma on them. And so like when you say that, I like get, there's like a part of me that's like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> but will you describe it? Because I think like it does make a lot of sense. You as I was, a child. How, how would, old was I? Little, two, three. Okay. Would take on emotions of other people. Like it was weird to me at first. Like I was like, oh shoot, what is this? And then, you know, just gradually I probably busted out my what to expect when you're expecting book or like, I don't know, ages two, one to four. Like I, right. I probably because I think there were I do remember like at times like it kind of taking me off guard, but it didn't take me a whole lot of time to realize that like there was nothing wrong with you. Like it wasn't, you know, you weren't you weren't one of those kids that was like crying because like you didn't get something or, you know, you couldn't express your emotions like there it wasn't really that Um because I feel like even as a young child, you were able to express yourself. Mm-hmm. You were just emotional. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a lack of, you know, a better word, emotional. Like, you would emote. <laughs> yeah. Well, now the classification that I've, wor- that I've found, my therapist had helped me find this. And at first I was really put off by it because of the language involved. But... Um, an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Right. Um, and I hate, she, the minute she said it, I think she said it in maybe like our first or second session. And I was like, no, I'm, that's not me. Um, <laughs> and she was like, oh, and I was like, I'm not like, and it's because the word sensitive was um, like weaponized against me as a young person. And so that became a word that I was like against. Cause I was like, no, I'm not sensitive. But right. the reality is I am like, as an adult, we've come to learn there are like topics where like we can't talk. There are some things that like I can't talk about because it'll make me sick. And when I say that, like it's because like, like this is kind of actually something that I'm remaining like consciously um, incompetent where it's like, I like, I don't need to know why certain things make me sick. That's where I'm at in that journey. But like, as I get older and I understand my emotions, I'm unlocking this sort of like empathetic thing again which as an adult navigating in a world where it's like I also have to be an adult and not emote or like take on other people's emotions so regularly, that's been a big a big sort of um, thing to maneuver. But it, it started as a child and then I kind of outgrew it, would you say? I would, uh, yeah. Or like figured out how to tamper it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, you know, I don't, no, I wouldn't say you outgrew it. 
Oh, okay. Um, because I do think it still lives inside you. Like it, you right. Know, so don't think you outgrew it. Yeah, I think you way. got to a point where maybe it was a little bit more manageable mm-hmm. or there were maybe triggers for you that made you realize, like, if I do this, then I'm going to do this. And then people are going to react to me like this. Like, maybe yeah. there was a process for you that made you realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can honestly say that there probably were a couple times when you were growing up, and I not a lot, but there probably were a couple times where I got frustrated. That I was emoting? That you, the way, yes. Or that I was having such big... Yeah, big emotions. Yeah. Um, but only a couple times, like, you know, I, I think, because I they had... they seem irrational to you at the time, would you say, if you remember? I would say, if, if they seemed irrational, it probably was to other people which in turn affected how I reacted. Mm. It seemed irrational to other it, people. It seemed irrational to other okay. people, and then they would comment, or their reactions then made me react yeah. okay. in probably a negative way toward you. Sure. Um, more so than I saw. I, I didn't see it really as irrational because that's that, you were the, that was the child that I knew. Yeah. Um, I knew that you were a heavy feeler, a deep feeler. Like from the time you were little, these were things that were just like inbred in you you know that's Mm -hmm. who you were um I've kind of always been a crier I know a lot of times like in talking about myself I sound you know just harsh harsh (laughs) brash and you know off the cuff all the time but I am a crier like I've always you know like McDonald's commercials growing up man that just sucker punched me (laughs) all the time um so it wasn't like so unfathomable to me but in talking it out now I can see where people's responses to you made me react Mm. so that you know and not not always in a great way right so that's you know that's unfortunate well you know when I think about the like being an emotional child or growing up as a person who cries a lot or yeah cries a lot I still cry a lot um it was a lot of like oh Charlotte's crying again right like that was like kind of like the joke or the tease and you said something to me recently that I found like so striking and so beautiful where um, you had said to me, I, I was like talking about being teased as a, as a young person and you were like, to be honest with you, like that didn't stop. You just stopped caring. And that was, it really struck me because I don't know when that switch happened, but at, one, at some point I just let myself be emotional and stopped caring and it's been and be damned to everybody that was gonna yeah like everybody's gonna say like whatever but like it still happens yeah like and also there are times where i i can't i don't i i don't know how to stop it i don't know how to rein it in i don't like and yeah like in an ideal world maybe i'm not crying at everything that makes you cry but like i also want to take note of i'm not like crying because i'm sad all the time Right. I'm crying because I'm, I like, you're experiencing I, an emotion. Yeah. Like I cry when I'm, um, when I'm really frustrated, I cry. I cry. I would say mostly right now I cry when I am feeling like euphorically happy. Um, a lot of times like I cry in my meditations because I just like, there's this sense of peace that comes or like when I hear somebody sing, I cry because like, to me, that is yeah. such a wonderful gift. Um, like Broadway shows. Broadway shows, yeah. When I see something that strikes me, like art does it yeah. for me. Like that is so beautiful. Sometimes when I'm looking at the water or I'm on a boat, I cry because like I'm so taken by this like thing of nature that I get to experience. Like I'm crying because I'm just feeling this like depth of something. And at some point I stopped 
caring that other people didn't like that. There's also the like stigma of uh, being an emotional woman. Right? right? And we live in a patriarchal society where it's like women are emotional and so they're irrational. Irrational, and illogical. I think that like to me, like the biggest misconception you could have about me is that because I'm so emotional, I am um, uh, illogical or irrational or not well-spoken. Like I, to me, I know what I'm feeling and I investigate what I'm feeling. So I actually know more about what, my opinions because of that because I know where it's coming from right I'm learning about what triggers me I'm learning how to navigate that um being emotional is such a gift to me and it's the least that I can do for myself to understand that sure right like I I use an affirmation every day um, that says to brush my emotions under the rug is to resist being known. And to me, yeah, to not know that I am emotional is to not know me. Ultimately, like if I am apathetic towards you or if I, you know, there's a big (laughs) reality that like you don't know who I am and or I'm unwilling to give that to you right like my softness is reserved for the people that I feel safe to be soft with right um and so yeah so I have developed that and like like I said I don't know when the switch happened but I can say in my second first or second therapy session my therapist now said to me you are like either the first time in a long time or the first time that I have seen a woman not apologize for crying. And it's true because I will not apologize for crying. Good. Um, yeah, well, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to apologize when I'm mad either. Like, it's like, I'm not right. going to apologize when I'm feeling. I'm glad you've gotten to that point. Yeah, me too. It makes me feel better. I just, I have one little story that I want to tell because we talked about like, you know, getting teased and, and mm-hmm. it still happens. Yeah. And I'm also a culprit in that. So I want to like... I want to point that out, and I have a very specific story. This just was in the last couple weeks. I think you were coming over here. We were doing dinner with your friends first, and then I knew that you didn't have keys to the apartment. Did you? No, you didn't have keys. I didn't have keys. And so um, I couldn't like couldn't get a hold of you because I was like, Do I, oh, oh yeah, I go to bed. I was tired. Yeah. And um, it was getting late, and I when I looked at your location, it was like stagnant in the middle of Times Square. And I was like, it didn't identify where you were, and I was like, then it was there for too long. And I was starting to get really uncomfortable. You weren't replying to my text messages. Right. So I text the other person, another person that you were with, and I yeah. was like, are you with Charlotte? And they and I was like, they said yes. And they said, um, yes, she's currently holding a Tony. And I was like, oh my God. A Tony Award. A Tony Award. And I was like, oh my God, is she crying? That was my first response. I was like, oh my God, is she crying? And and he said, um, I think he said, no, but you were visibly shaking. Yeah. (laughs) So like, I still, like my first thing out of my mouth is like, was she crying? Like, did she cry? Like that, because, you know. Because that's, yeah. That's your, that's your reaction. Yeah. I wouldn't, I mean... So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a handle on, like, not pointing it out or making a big deal of it, you know? Because it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it is what it is. And, and if it's... you're not interested in putting a tamper on it, who am I to put that tamper on you? Mm. Like, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 
that's I mean it's and that goes to show the work that you do you know like you see that I want to get to know my emotions but I mean think about it from the time you know when I was little and you were calling me Bucky Beaver to now like being aware that you're pointing out that I'm crying that's a big stride I think (laughs) so Buck tooth and a crier. Right. Um, so I want to. I really want to talk about my therapy, my kind of my journey with therapy because it has it's evolved really, um, really nicely for me. So um, when I first started seeing therapists, I was, and I wasn't aware of it, but I was seeing um, middle aged white women, very specifically, and I would seek them out. Like I would look at pictures and be like, do what do they look like? And if they look like, pardon, a middle-aged white woman, I would be like, yeah, for sure, I can see this woman. And I think there was, like, something maternal that felt really safe to me about seeing a therapist that was, that was like, they were all older than you, for the most part, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I, 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 I transitioned out of that. I see somebody who's um, a little closer in age to me now, older, but a little closer in age. Um, but I worked with one woman who... So I worked with, as I've mentioned, I think I mentioned in the grief episode, I had somebody when I was 15, I had somebody in college, and then the person I worked with after um, was fantastic and wanted to do inner child work with me based on what I had talked to her about. And we did a couple of meditations and I was like, this is not it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm not interested in talking about me as a child. This was, I'm trying to think of the years, maybe 2017 in there. Um I was just like, no, I don't need to talk to that little girl um, about being sad that she was not chosen by one of, by a biological parent of hers. I don't need to tell her, you know? Whereas like now, um, my God, I'd do anything to get that woman back. I think she retired, but um, she, I, inner child work is really important to me because it was important to me to go back to reflect and think about that little girl and tell her, no, 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 you are loved and you were always loved. And that in turn will influence like the way I look at myself now where it's like, I do wake up most days and go, holy fuck, I am so loved by the people in my life. The people who choose me every day, that's wild. And, and to me, that was from the inner child work. But when it first came to me, I was like, no, I'm, I won't do that. I'm not interested. I don't want to think about that little girl. I too bad, so sad for her. You know, like, that's what it was. So, like, I really want to make it known that, like, it is not a start, pro- like, a start and you go process. Right. It is a lot of start and stop, and it's a lot of on and off. I'm going to get to, like, my journey with meditation, and that has been so super on and off um so then I started seeing a therapist in 2020 yeah 2020 who was fairly close in age to me she did CBT which is cognitive behavioral therapy um and she was I liked her um it felt almost at first I was like it was the first young person I had seen and at first I was a little like it's kind of like talking to a friend which is a little bit weird um it was really expensive because I wasn't I didn't have insurance paying for it and so there was also the sort of like I couldn't go too regularly because I couldn't afford it and then we got to a point where I was feeling really good I was really on my meditation game and she told me in a session, and I want to make it clear, like I could have, I could be misremembering. This could be like the way that I experienced it. But she sure. said something that to me, what I remember as like basically like your meditation practice is not sustainable. Like you cannot, 
um, sustain this and keep yourself happy in this way. And I was really impacted by that. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like, yeah, I can't, I'm not, what am I going to do? Meditate every day? You know, fast forward to now. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) And for like sometimes hours, like my God. But um, I transitioned into seeing the the therapist that I see now who is just, I I just told her on um, last week, she literally has changed my life because she introduced me to um, IFS, Internal Family Systems, which is um, about parts, which is where that book, No Bad Parts, comes from. Um, so IFS is, she describes it as like, um, and I'm just only going to loosely talk about it because I am not a professional in this way, but um, it's like inside out. So it's like, oh, do you, when I say parts, like that's what I'm referring to. Okay. Parts are like, you have a fear of sadness. Um, oh, I think, she, I, I think, think she's over there. No, I think that she went home with Mason one time. Oh, Um, people say that my mom looks like sadness. So she does if you see a picture. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But so it's like it's having these parts. It's like there's sadness, there's joy, there's fear, there's, um, you know, I've and you can kind of like talk about them in different ways. They can be like firefighters, like the parts that put out fires or, you know, I do mine is like, I have stage managers. So I have the people in me that like, you know, organize things and, and boss people around or things like that. Um, there's hope parts like there's, so parts have been such a big part of understanding like why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. It to me provides a really accessible way of being like, Oh, okay. I was triggered by this thing and this part was activated how can I either deactivate this part in this moment or like, what do I need to do? So like meditations through, I think they're IFS meditations are guide you through seeing a part in like, for some people, like it's, it's different. Like for some people it can be a color or like an orb or something like, um, no, I got I just got to say it. I got to, I can't like not, I'm already this far to me. My parts are just like little me's in different outfits. Um, so like if I'm meditating and it's like, okay, call a part to mind. And I like a lot of times I'll call, um, maybe, um, fear, like my fear part. So it's like, I picture my fear part, which is like, again, me just like in a different outfit. And you like ask it, like, what, what are you, what are you really afraid of? Like what, like what part, what do you, who, how do you serve me? Right. Like my fear part, um, keeps me safe a lot of time. Right. Like that's what fear does. Um, same with like my hope part, like keeps me safe, let, lets me kind of flow out of things sometimes by having hope. Um, and that's really helped. So I want to kind of walk through a scenario in which like I've, I've used this. So, and I'm going to talk about how like I would have used to handle it, how it's been handled and then how it will continue to evolve. Because like I said, like there's a lot of steps or there's like, it seems like a lot, but it, there is until there isn't, you know, like one time it's just going to break open it just well it just like happens at once and so I'll describe it here so I was at dinner with friends one time and we were just talking and then somebody asked me a question and it was like maybe like it was relevant to like something a new a new something um that I was working on and after the dinner I was like kind of in a foul mood like I just was like a little like I don't know a little bitchy a little irritable like just something once upon a time, I would have, that would have been it. Day ruined. I wouldn't have known why. I would just like, all of a sudden, that's it. Bad mood. Whatever it is. Then it became, why am I in a bad mood? I don't know. I'll just go meditate, right? That was like, at one point, how I handled it. Then it became, 
Okay, why am I in a bad mood? Well, what did we talk about? Oh, when they asked me that, this part was activated. Okay, let me go meditate with that part. Okay, then it becomes that process of recognizing that it's a part that was activated. And it's, okay, can I let this go in this moment? Can I say to this part, hey, I'm good. Thanks for popping in. I'm safe. No problem. And then it becomes all in one. I get asked the question. I realize that I don't love the question, but I can go about my life and continue on. And like, that's the journey where it's like, it is so stretched out until all of a sudden it's not because I've done the meditations and I've done the talking to and I've understood what this represents, you know? It's like when I talk about my anger being my red roses, like I've done the work to understand that my anger is these roses cover all of the other like variety of flowers behind me because mm-hmm. there are there are so many more emotions behind that whether it's you know um, fear sadness whatever I have a I have a an emotion wheel that my therapist sent me and I get to go like look and be like oh actually it's maybe I'm feeling this emotion it's like something so small and detailed um, but that's like the journey that I've gone on that I think has helped me evolve the most because it helps me check in with like why I'm basically like why I get triggered and again talk about another buzzword triggered yeah but it is the best way to describe what happens and it's like something as simple as somebody asking me somebody be like well what's your goal and like my fear part gets activated because um what if by telling them what my goal is um I jinx it sure or what if by telling them my goal I lose my motivation right like I or like what if as simple as like you tell them your goal and, and they, they laugh at, me. at it yeah exactly yeah you're right so it's like fear that's my fear part and I have to go like uh, talk to myself and be like you don't have to be scared like either you tell them the truth and take whatever happens um I oh, Or you don't and then you deal with the fact that you're scared of your goal. Like, you know, that's a whole nother part of it is being like, why are you scared of this thing? So it's a lot and it's a lot to ask yourself to go through, but eventually it gets easier. Sure. And then it just becomes a part of your life and... And now I live a little less scared, I think. I think I, you know, there's definitely still big fears, but at least I'm like, you know taking more efforts and I'm able to uh, because I'm taking away some of these like I don't want to say there are any like bad emotions but some of these like quote-unquote maybe negative emotions or or uh, the sadness the anger those when I take those away I'm creating more space for um compassion kindness and joy which are things that I just like didn't have in my life for for many many years as a as like a young adult um so yeah, do you see that? I mean, do you see the difference in the way that I like process things now? Absolutely. Versus... That's cool. Yeah, it's a huge difference. That's, That's why I think it's important to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it, it's been a process for you to get here. Yeah. You just pop out, you know, at 28, you know, with all these like great new thoughts. It was a process and you've worked really hard to get here. Yeah. And it's, I think what is scary and I think what's scary about starting is... Um, you can't stop, you know? And you have to be willing to have hard conversations. Yeah. And they suck. Mm-hmm. They can suck. Yeah, I mean, we know. I mean, we've talked a lot about, like, I will unintentionally hurt your feelings sometimes right. through some of what I, like, 
say or ask or same I do I probably hear your feelings a lot (laughs) well but but I will say a lot less yeah like a lot less like we can have different conversations now yeah you know that in the past we they would probably just get so hostile you know it's funny like this just popped into my head Mm -hmm. this that's exactly how I was with my dad up to the end he knew when he could trigger me and he would get get a certain topic going and I literally would just like blow up and be like I'm not having this conversation with you because I didn't like what he was saying. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, those are his thoughts and his, you know, that's that's it. Everybody's entitled to that. Yeah. So it's not my place to get mad at him, but like certainly wasn't mature enough to be able to have the conversation without like being super heated about it. Yeah. I mean, primarily they were like social issues, you no, know, like cool. those. I know what you're talking okay. about. I've had my own blow-ups with <laughs> like him those, about it. Those kind and of mine things. ended in tears. <laughs> right, right. So, um, I'd be like, I think about it, like, you know, here we are like three years after he's gone and, you know, the evolution that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. So like, could, you know, would I be able to have those kind of conversations with him and be a little more level-headed? I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, what's hard is that it does, I, I, again, I can't give you enough credit because it takes two. It does take your openness to these things. And, and that's also changed over years, over the years, because a big topic that we are going to talk about is um, obviously we talk sex and um, abortion and the conversation surrounding that because that was a kind of a big conversation in my like um, safe sex talk and we'll we'll get into like what I mean by that but like our evolution of that conversation I'm really excited to talk about because that I think shows the growth that we've come to because that was a conversation that took place over about six years in in like three parts over six years and and that's that to me is kind of the magic of you being open to my my evolution which in turn i think helps you evolve as well sure um so meditation as we've talked about because because therapy is so important and like i just said ifs changed my life i have a life-changing therapist right now but um meditation also is a practice that I say has changed my life. Um, so I started meditating for the first time August 2020, and I felt pretty immediately like, holy cow, this is kind of like, this feels like magic, like the way I like feel. <laughs> um, so, so I started meditating in 2020, but that does not mean that I've been meditating since 2020. Um, there's a big, big sort of like distinction there. Like I, I was introduced to it. I think I just like gave it a shot. Um, I actually, I still use the same meditation podcast. It's mindful in minutes. It's on Apple podcast and on Spotify, um, probably anywhere you get your podcast. Her name is Kelly and she's wonderful. And I would recommend it to everybody. She does like short meditation some of them I would say maybe get upwards to like 18 to 20 minutes long but like she is every month she releases five she calls them meditation minis and they're five minute meditations what's it called mindful in minutes mindful in minutes I've sent you the sleep one is from her oh here we go mindful in minutes yeah so she's really great um and that's who I started with and so I, I meditated maybe like on and off I would like try and include it in my life I knew that I felt better when I would meditate And then in January of 2022, I had what I reference as like my awakening. Um, And I'll never forget somebody who's like still in my life now was like, 
you, there's a lightness about you. And it was like the kindest thing I felt like anyone had ever said to me, um, especially because the person who said it was so positive. And so for them to be like, you're, there's a lightness, like you're, you literally seem like lighter. And I was like, oh my God, well, I feel lighter. Like I was just like experiencing this like level of happiness. And then it kind of just went away. And I was a little bit panicked, like, uh, 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 how do I get that back? And I listened to a podcast. Um, this podcast I've recommended to so many people. So the podcast, the original name is called How to Build a Happy Life. I want to say it's through the Atlantic. And if you look that podcast up, it will come up, but it's been rebranded to How to Start Over. But if you go back, it should be the original art to say How to Build a Happy Life. And the episode is called How to Not Be Your Own Worst Enemy. And it talks about basically like when you like resolve to live your life with different habits, maybe more um, meditation or you're opening yourself up to more joy. um, What can happen is that there's this backslide, like you kind of hit it hard and then you backslide. And I was when I listened to the podcast, I was experiencing the backslide. I had. I had stopped meditating. I had developed old habits. I was maybe doing things that maybe felt a little reckless, which is something that I don't I don't like that feeling. Um, I just didn't feel great, but I knew I was having this backslide, but I still was like, how do I get back to this thing? Because I would meditate and I would go on runs or walk or whatever, and I couldn't get back to this level of like happiness. And then I started to feel crazy because I'm like, oh my God, it, like, was that just a high? Like, am I just living with this low now because I had this high? So then I'm like starting to panic, like, oh my God, what's really going on? And then, um, <laughs> and then I turned 28 that same year. Um, and <laughs> my 28th birthday was my hardest birthday yet. And I, we, we walked through the Central Park this morning and I told my mom this for the first time. And I, yeah. I didn't realize you didn't know this. I guess I had said to you, it's like really like, because I'm in, I was, I still am like, I'm embarrassed by this, but I do think it's important to share because I do think there, there are probably people my age who maybe have had this experience. So I was turning 28, which means I was coming out of 27 and I had planned my life until I was 27 I knew I had as I got older and I realized that some of the goals I had at certain ages weren't necessarily realistic or weren't what I should say is weren't aligned with like really how my life is or what my life is intended to be um that was okay it was okay that I you know wasn't um, married and pregnant at 24 um it was okay that I wasn't gonna have four kids by 30 like those things were okay to me but 27, I did expect to have certain um, career, romantic life things either settled or figured out that I didn't. And turning 28 felt really sad. And so I, like literally like the weeks leading up to my birthday, you remember, like I was a wreck. And it, it was just like, I w- like had this emotional turmoil to the point there's only been like, I think two times in my adult life where you've been like, are you okay? And that was the second time. Okay. Um, the first time was actually same year in May. You were like something, you don't seem okay. I was, I was oh, again, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I was really sad. Um, and that was just like, there was a lot of stress involved there, but like towards my birthday, I was just 
I couldn't handle it. When, if I'm not mistaken, when we had the conversation at the restaurant that day, like, I, I feel like you weren't able to really verbalize it to me. Because I wouldn't acknowledge that it was my birthday. Okay. Because if anybody asked me, it had nothing to do with my birthday. Okay. It's not about my birthday. It doesn't matter. My, I'm a birthday person. I love my birthday. <laughs> so I think that was hard because I couldn't reconcile with the fact that, like, I love my birthday because it's, it's a me day. Um, and it was a car. And the fact that, like, my birthday was causing me this much turmoil. Um, I just couldn't. I couldn't reconcile with that. And I also, to be clear, I hadn't started working with my new therapist yet. I started, I want to say I started maybe a week before my birthday. Oh, okay. And so this is a couple weeks before where I was just like hitting really hard in this like emotional turmoil. And I started working with a therapist in September and the rest of 2022 had its ups and downs. There was still like, there were still moments where like I had what felt like these like, you know, life ending moments of like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this information? Or just like things felt really messy or I felt, again, I felt really reckless, which is like, to me, the biggest like, oh no, um, as a, as a, as a person and as a child who like craved control, feeling reckless is my biggest sort of like red flag for myself that something's not right. Um, and then I, I kind of like wound down at the end of the year and was like, okay, we got like some changes necessary. I need to, I got really sick over Thanksgiving and that really kind of like stopped me in my tracks because I, I had to, um, and then January 2023, again, like New Year's, I think are I think they are a really great time for new habits. I know that oftentimes resolutions are ditched really early, yeah. um, but I do think that it, it is a time of renewal for some, and I think that that's an okay time for it to be renewal. Um, and for me, it was, and and I can say, um, in 2023, I have meditated every single day. I have said affirmations every single day. Nice. Um, I started the year not drinking and I have not, I have not drank this year. Um, I also started the year as a vegetarian again. That did not stick. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying where it's like I try things and like it doesn't work. Like I'm not at a point in my life where I can be a vegetarian. I, there's not, I'm not at a point in my life um, where I can't eat meat and I'll get into why a little later. Um, but you know, it literally took me years to get to this point of like, okay, I wake up every morning. The first thing I do is a meditation. Um, and then I used to like do a meditation and then listen to my, you know, pop culture podcast. And now I listen to my meditation and then I listen to my affirmation songs because I have affirmation songs and like, it just, it continues to evolve. And it just, I know that it sets me up for a better day. And to me right now, it is worth it to start my day like that. Good. You know, and like to me, that's 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 what you have to judge for yourself. Absolutely. I'm not saying everybody should do decision. this. I, to me, it's worth it, so I do it. And to you, if it's not, then don't. You know. Yeah. I'm. You know, things I'm still working on is not scrolling in the morning, like staying off my phone as much as I can. And some days I nail it. Sometimes I go to work and I um, finish teaching. Um, you know, half my classes at 12 and that's when I get to get on Instagram. And today I think the first thing I did was go on Instagram. You know, it's like, yeah. it's a balance and I'm still figuring it out. Um, so that's like a part of, a part of that journey. I, I also, you know, over the last three years have, um, 
I've, I'm a certified yoga instructor. So I did my 200 hour training, which I think also, um, to me that introduced me to the idea of compassion. Sure. Um, and I like, I think the program you went through was really special. Like, Mm -hmm. like the tasks for a lot. I don't know. The, like the things that you had to do in that training yeah. were really beneficial to you. Like that was the perfect program for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like they taught me like meditative practices, which is also where I think developing a deeper and more sustainable meditation practice for myself came in. And also, um, like I said, the idea of compassion. I just like all of a sudden I understood what that meant and I th- understood that it started with me. If I couldn't be compassionate for myself, how am I supposed to be compassionate to other sure. people? And like, that's something I work on a lot is in, and as an emotional person, it's something I've had to do because I have to go, Hey, it's cool that this is making you cry. That's okay. You right. can cry. Like you can emote. You're not hurting. You're not hurting yourself and you're not hurting anybody else by crying. Like I have to tell myself that because that's, then it's like, Oh, okay. And then I allow for this release and then guess what? It's over and I'm done. You know, like and if I don't, then I hold it in and then there's a meltdown and that's, <laughs> that's not great. But what like, I think I love most about the journey that I've like gone on for myself and the journey that I will be on for the rest of my life, um, is that the people who know me now, like the immediate people that are in my life, um, like friends I can't just say like people friends and also like people who are just now meeting me describe me as um positive and optimistic and hopeful and I just like think that those are words that I don't think anybody would have used about me a few years ago (laughs) and that feels really special to me because um I wouldn't even known that there's a future in which those are the words that like somebody could use to describe me Um, I'm also really careful with my boundaries and like who I give access to me and what, what I consume, um, to, to maintain my peace. Um, that's also been a hard journey on its own. (laughs) I gotta go on my rides here. Right. Oh, oh, I was like, they're cheering me on. They love, (laughs) they love my joy. Um, and then obviously ultimately what it's done is it's unlocked my confidence. Like I can, I said earlier today, like I'm back, baby. I mean, Ooh, this confidence is unmatched in such a funny way. Like I'm just, I'm feeling myself and I feel good. And like, but, and guess what? Um, this is the same body that I had a little bit ago that I was like hating on. My skin is still breaking out, but guess what? I like, just like love everything about myself because it's like, it comes so deep from within that it like, then it radiates out of me. Right. And that's, again, that's fulfilling to me. So that's the work that I have done and will continue to do. As I like to say, and I got this from a book, like it, you have to always be gardening your mind, right? Like it's it's a garden. If you don't tend to your garden, it, your plants are not going to grow. And I like, I love my garden and it's taken me a long time. I think going back to like confidence or body image, like you, I think introduced me to loving my garden, right? Like, I mean, obviously not using those words, but... <laughs> Right, because, you know, immediately I go to, like, grooming. (laughs) Right. You're like, no, I didn't teach you to have a bush. Like, right. right. Yeah, like, I mean, you know. No, the garden of my mind, tending to the garden of my mind. Um, I will say now, like, so some new things that I'm really on that have me really, like, excited is I am really big on cycle tracking. So I, um, for pretty much my whole life, I've had really terrible periods 
And in the last few years, I've begin began to start to like um, want to help myself and like figure right. out like I've learned that that's not normal. Um, we shouldn't have really painful or very emotional periods, but it is because of the chemicals that are released or not. I did a whole like this morning. I geeked out on progesterone and like how where and that comes from and like um, there are four phases of the cycle and like my luteal phase, which is often where PMS comes in. Um, is often the worst it's right before your menstrual cycle and I was like well why like what and so I was like looking up like well what is progesterone and where does it come from and I'm looking at like this like temporary gland that is created during ovulation and and to me understanding all that helps me stay motivated because I'm like oh okay in this luteal phase I need zinc vitamin b and c and magnesium right because those help with progesterone levels and and in this phase, progesterone goes way down, which causes sluggishness and, and sometimes depression. Um, and so that so that's the journey I'm on now. And that's where I've actually have found a great amount of food freedom, right? I can um, say that I did. I My eating was disordered for, for a few years. Um, and it's hard. It was hard to acknowledge and it is hard to talk about because I really didn't acknowledge it as such. I also don't think... I think sometimes when you think of or eating disorders, you think of a particular body style. And sure. I, like, didn't. I, like, wasn't, you know, any... I, my body really wasn't that different. I just, like, was depriving myself of things um, in the name of health. And, like, it wasn't. It, they were they were um, preferences. They weren't sure um, allergies or anything. Um, so now I'm eating very specifically with my cycle. So each cycle... Um, there are like foods that you should eat to like help with cortisol levels or you know all your hormones that are released at any point um adrenals those are a big one um but i it's it's unlocked this kind of like freedom of being like oh like i do i track what i eat because i go okay like this is a good time for fermented foods great i'm gonna eat a lot of kimchi this week or you know it's like things like that where it's like i'm eating what i eat whatever i want and then i'm also including these things that are going to help me and that's been also just like really cool to deal with i would say something that i started doing that has been a really hard challenge is eating within an hour of waking up um so this is i would recommend for um any woman or any person with a menstrual cycle i would recommend um this for because it helps um with cortisol levels and it helps with your metabolism as well um it's hard because you know intermittent fasting was such a is still it's such a huge thing Okay, well, intermittent fasting is not great for women in general, um, but it took a lot of like rearranging. Actually, you know, my best friend eats breakfast now because of she's on a, she's doing a program and it's she's having a lot of success with it. And I remember weeks ago, this is like maybe two three weeks ago, I was like, oh my god, I can't even imagine like having to eat breakfast in the morning. Like I love breakfast, but not at breakfast time. Well, I think that's what's so important about intermittent fasting and why it's like done wrong. The majority mm-hmm. of the time is because at that and when you break the fast, it's it's super important what you put into your body. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets misconstrued so often. Yeah. I mean, I know I fuck it up all the time. <laughs> no, I mean we're working on it. It is hard though. So, so yeah. So that's kind of my newest like thing. And you know, ultimately, it's like for me, it's all trial and error. Mm-hmm. Some things work, some things don't. I, I, like I say, at the beginning of the year, I was I was like, oh, I'll be a vegetarian. And I said, I was like, I'll do it for six months. Like, if I don't like it then, then I'll, I'll make a change. I knew it took, the first time I was a vegetarian, it took three months for me to feel 
a difference. And so I wanted to do three months. I got a month and a half in and my body could not handle it. I knew I was not getting the nutrients um, and vitamins that I needed. And so I had to make a change. And that's, you just throw it at the wall and see what sticks, you know? (laughs) There's some of the like mental stuff is hard because because investigating your thoughts and feelings and old memories is really hard. Mm -hmm. I think there's often a lot of, you know, I think be careful because like, you know, unlocking trauma without a professional's help, I think can be, can be dangerous for some people. Um, But also asking yourself why you don't want to think about some things or why some things make you uncomfortable, I think can tell you a lot about the way you're living your life and and I do recommend it. You don't have to do it, but I do recommend it, you know? Are you recommending it to me? Um, Eventually. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always say, and it's I always actually say it kind of in a negative way, So, I'm, but you can't help somebody who doesn't want to help themselves. Which is 100% true. We say that a, a, lot. a lot. You cannot help somebody who does not want to help themselves. So... I can recommend anything I want, but like ultimately if you don't want to live your life this way, then don't and you won't. I mean, ultimately you won't, you know, right. I, all I can do is say that like, I like truly am the happiest I've ever been. And it's, and it's infiltrated all areas of my life. I mean, you're not bullshitting when you say you see a difference, you like yeah, legitimately true. understand. And this is also not to say that I don't have, I still have bad days. That, right. that is because that's mental health like not every day is a walk in the park where I'm like prancing down the river walkway crying for, of tears of joy like that's not <laughs> what it is it, those are a lot of those days but um, there are still bad days but you know what on my bad days that's when I have to go the hardest that's when I really have to rally these things that I know do make me feel better. Even if they won't make me feel better then, I know that they will make me feel better soon. And and again, I guess it took unlocking like compassion and hope for myself to get there, right? The hope that it, I will feel better. So yeah, I'm always learning. I'm always like figuring it out. Who knows? In a year, we could do another episode where I'm like, yeah meditation I mean I don't see that happening but like I could be you know I could be like yeah none of those have it stuck or you know that cycle tracking I was doing didn't make a change I still have painful periods like we don't know and I won't know until I just keep investigating and figuring it out and but you know what that work is worthwhile to me and it excites me so I love that for you yeah we love it so much that I wanted to share it with the world yeah yeah, I was super scared to do this episode. I liked it when you said that you wanted to do an episode because I was like, again, it felt really special that you wanted to share it. Um, but as we got closer to recording, I was like, okay, like I'm about to tell people. And as we've talked about, like I used to be really cynical and I would say very negative. And I also, I think I'm still coming out of this, but like I've been called aloof. Like there was like a big side of me that was like, uh-uh, show nobody. But it, again, like if I brush my emotions under the rug, I I resist being known. And like, I do want people to know like the person that I've become. And so it is important to share these things, even as scary as it is to be like, hey, like these are all the things that I do. Um, but I do like them and I do think they're really special. And if you ever have any questions or you want to know more, like please reach out because I love sharing my shit. If you want to know like, you know. <laughs> 
all the things I do. I'd happy to tell to tell you. Um, I think I went through like Mindful in Minutes. That's the podcast app that I use for for my meditations. Um, the Chani app, which is an astrology app. Um, Chani Nichols is an astrologer uh that has some really great like meditations affirmations also like some good witchy stuff like um rituals and altars for um like new moons and equinoxes in those times um we haven't talked about astrology but we do we Mm -hmm. do subscribe to astrology so that's something that has been important to me um The, the therapy app oh yeah i found my therapist through a site called oh site uh open path open path um you don't need insurance and the most you'll ever pay for a session is 60 dollars for a session are you sure yeah that's the most you'll ever pay no it's a sliding scale okay so the most you can pay on the app is 60 dollars. okay yeah i do pay the max but that is that's like the most that somebody can charge um which is how i got and you do yours virtually i do mine virtually yeah yeah you know i haven't i haven't done in-person therapy since college actually um and it's great. I we log on to she has a, a site that she sends me that's like a a doctor or mm-hmm. yeah, a doctor site and I log in and we we talk and then that's it and we wrap our session. So it is it is great. I mean truly actually if you do anything, probably do therapy. I think that's probably I don't know. I, everybody feels different ways. I'm, I'm a big, like, I'm a fan of Jay Shetty and his work. He was a former monk. Um, I love his wife's page, Rathi. Ugh, I don't think I'm saying her name right, but she, um, d- her page is incredible and totally, like, full of, like, hope and joy, and that's really cool, too. She's also, she's acknowledged herself as very emotional, too, so it's nice to connect to somebody in that way. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that I, like, listen to or like resources that I have. Um, we can drop those in at different future episodes. If the book attached about attachment styles, that's a big one where I think like most people have already read it, but if you haven't, that's a really good one. That'll help you understand dynamics within relationships. Um, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll always like kind of plug anything else that I'm, that I've got going. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but those are them. So, um, one thing I wanted to do, and I wanted to do this at the beginning, um, each week when, like, after the podcast drops, like, Charlotte will look at the analytics and stuff, and we can see where people are listening from. Mm. So I want to give a shout-out to our listener in Poughkeepsie. We have a listener We have a listener in Poughkeepsie. And really, like, I love... Do you, you know anybody in Poughkeepsie? No, I don't. But you remember the first time I ever saw Poughkeepsie is when we went to the Berkshires. And you were like, what does that say? Yeah. That's my, my, one of my favorite things. Poughkeepsie has a GH in the middle. Are city names that are not said like they look. <laughs> I know there's a word for that. I probably yeah. should ask Jennifer what that, what that is, but there's definitely a word. No, Poughkeepsie is like P-O-U-G-H-G-H. K E I feel like maybe there's small words. No, Kipsy looks like K E E P S P I E or something like it's silly. Yeah, so we have a listener in Poughkeepsie. But we have a listener in Poughkeepsie, so whoever you are, we love you. Yeah, shout out, shout out. We have, I mean, we have a few like places where we're like, do we know anybody? Yeah, like even in other countries. Yeah, we have some international listeners. Shout out to our international listeners. Um, I mean, thank you to everybody. Yeah, Yeah, thanks again. I know we like you know. We do it at the end of every episode, but we can't help it. It's just, well, it's amazing to see it. And the conversations that have come, I mean, yeah, just like, please never hesitate to reach out to us and like tell us how you're finding our, these conversations because 
because that is that like fills us with so much joy and goodness to know that like people are are you know what it is it's we're made we're getting people talking and like which is ultimately the goal of this is to ultimately the goal you know to break down some barriers and to get people talking and to know that that's happening is really really cool so um thank you so much and we've had just like you know our numbers are climbing and that was really exciting as well um so as always share this on your instagram or whatever wherever share it with your friends share it with your family um share it with your parents or your children um yeah thank you so much thank you thank you for listening peace out